Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. I just have no chance. Okay, the best part about this, though, every hole is going to be a new journey for you. Yeah. And you're forgetting the one thing that you have. You're on TV. Oh, what does that mean? Someone's going to be nervous playing yeah, you. Intimidation oh. factor. All of a sudden, they got that six-footer to have the hole in the first hole. This is your chance. Did you say something about the journey? Did you use yeah. the word journey? Oh, yeah. Steve Young, in an appearance on the PTI show last week, said of Josh Allen running the ball, he said, son... You have to understand, at some point, your journey ends. <laughs> Get down. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. Okay, I'm doing the show today, Thursday, because tomorrow, as you know, I'm playing a guy who's a 12 or 13 in the club championships, and I cannot play from the gold tees where I should be at my age, where I have been for a few years. I have to go to the white tees. I'm going to lose 10 and 8. I'll be done after the 10th hole. Here's an email about it. I feel your pain for having to play the white tees in your club championship. I moved up to the golds for the exact reason you're worried that I can't hit any of the par fours and two. Fortunately, I'm a senior member and our championships from the gold. Get them on the par threes and fives and stay out of the traps. Good luck. You'll need it. Regards, DG. (laughs) And one other. Steve Sands is waiting, so I'll just do this quickly. And this comes from Jeffrey Treem who is an associate professor at the Department of Communication Studies at the University of Texas at Austin. As I think you alluded to the other day, a couple of friends of the pod are being recognized for their work. Jeff Passan and Sally Jenkins were named this year's winners of the Dan Jenkins Medal for Excellence in Sports Writing. Passan is being honored for best sports writing for his article on baseball player Drew Robinson. Jenkins is being recognized for decades of journalistic excellence. I assume this is a celebration of her years of crushing the IOC, NCAA, (laughs) FIFA, Dan Snyder, etc. Sure, Dan Jenkins went to TCU, but as a revered Texan, we are proud to showcase his work and legacy here at the state's flagship university, University of Texas at Austin. So I want to congratulate them, too. I've never won that. I should win that. (laughs) I mean, I should get a special award for all these years that I've done what it is I've done. And for all the times I went drinking with Dan Jenkins <laughs> in New York City, I should get that award. Sally should get that award, too, for being Dan Jenkins' child and being a fabulous writer. Anyway, Steve Sands is with us. He is in Quail Hollow, where they will begin the President's Cup in a few hours. The President's Cup is sort of like the Ryder Cup, but not as important to anyone in golf. Am I f- is that fair to say it's not as important as the Ryder Cup, Steve? Yeah, it's fair. It's uh, it, it doesn't have the history of it. Uh, it didn't start, you know, a hundred years ago when the Ryder Cup started. Um, it's a very similar event. It's a four-day event, not a three-day event. Uh, it's U.S. versus the international team, not just the Europeans. Right. It, it's the same type of format, same type of competition. Michael has a suggestion for the President's Cup. Michael, what Ooh, do you think they sure. should do? No, this is just based on um, what the big news for the last weeks leading up to this about who's not going to be in this. And I think as you uh, look to the future, it's about who can be in this. As you talk more about the idea of having the President's Cup be a mixed event and you see how you can celebrate uh, the women golfers uh, who are so much part of the international game right now and so much part of the American game. I like that idea, Steve. Do do people think about that? I don't know if they thought about it. I, I, I think it would be a great idea and I think it would be really cool. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure they could all get it together and and have that get done. But man, it would be a it would be a really cool idea for the game. I think if you played men, you know, on one of the days, men playing with women, alternate shot. I right. think I think people would like that, Steve. I do. 
Yeah. I think Michael should be the commissioner of golf. It's all about growing the game, right? <laughs> yeah, growing the game. Yeah, send, me down Phil. To, send me down to the, to the Capitol Hill. Yeah, Phil needs to grow the game. You should go to Capitol Hill. You do better than Greg Norman. Let's go to this. <laughs> How many Americans are not there because they're on the Saudi tour who would have been there? How many of the world team not there because of the Saudi tour? Well, I mean, you could probably look at about a half dozen guys. Um, on both sides. I mean, you know, Dustin Johnson on the American side is the, the most yeah. glaring omission from the United States. Uh, and Cam Smith is the most glaring omission from the international side. He's an Australian uh, who has played in this event before and has had success in this event before. But uh, they're not here this week because of Liv, and, and that's it's amazing that this is still a conversation. Uh, that people are still talking about this, but it is it is being talked about a lot. Does it feel to you diminished, or does it feel to you like the moment it starts exciting because it's unusual in golf to have these events and people really like these events? Yeah, I, I think like any other sporting event, Tony, when, with the lead on, the lead in, the build up, you have to talk about all the things um, that are going on in a sport leading into the event right but once they put the peg in the ground today um you know it's about the competition it's about the guys who are here not the guys who are not here and i think it's important you know for the sport to move forward if if they're going to be stuck in the mud the entire time that this is going on that's not going to be good for the game but if everybody just moves forward and the competition you know somehow is close this week uh, you know, the United States team is a massive, massive favorite uh, because of all the, the missing players uh, who are not there this week for the international team. So, you know, I, I think once the competition begins this afternoon, I think the other stuff will be put in the back burner. It has been on the front burner right. in the last three days, though. Who is our captain? Who is their captain? Who are our stud players? Davis Love the Third. Um, is a captain. Uh, he's born and raised uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, he's getting another crack at it. Uh, he's been a captain before for the United States. Um, and Trevor Immelman, the 2008 Masters champion from South Africa, he's the international team captain. Uh, years and years and years ago, his career was resurrected by being a captain's pick from Gary Player, who is you know, the greatest golfing export from South Africa. Um, and now Trevor all of a sudden is the captain, uh, not just the players. So if Trevor Immelman and Davis love the third here this week. So Trevor Immelman is about to take over the, the or maybe he has already, take over the Nick Faldo chair on the CBS yeah. broadcast. Have they asked Trevor Immelman to be mic'd through the whole thing and comment, you know, I mean, <laughs> Is there any any chance he would do that? Nah, I don't know if they would do that the entire time. They have a camera in their golf cart. It doesn't have audio uh, because that, that would be unfair to do that. Uh, but, yeah, he, he'll be on a lot. He'll be interviewed a lot. Um, his face and, you know, his image will be on a ton. And uh, he, he's tremendous, you know, with the media, tremendous. All week long, he's been great. Uh, with all the questions he's been asked because of the live situation, because of his players and his roster being a little depleted because of the, all the guys aren't here. Um, he's been, he's been wonderful. He and Davis are, are very savvy with media and they'll be, 
the two of them will be very good the next four days as far as that is concerned. I'm listening to you, you know, talk and, and mention the Saudi tour in almost every other sentence. And I'm listening to your surprise that it still hangs out there and, and occludes some golf events. I, I guess I'm surprised that you're surprised. I mean, there's an endless pile yeah. of money out there. It's endless. And, and this seems to be the goal of a foreign government. And I don't see why it would stop. I really don't. Well, it'll stop if there's no return on the investment or they just get sick of it um, or, you know, spending all the money, you know, doesn't seem worth it to them at some point, depending on what that number is or whatever the exposure they're trying to receive or legitimacy uh, they're trying to gain uh, throughout the world as far as business and commerce. Um, I I don't know, Tony. I I just... Not that I'm sick of it talking to you. I just can't believe we're still at a point where it's dominating the conversation. It has been a long time. It has been months and months. We talked about this on your show, Tony, at the Masters. Yeah. That's April. And we're still talking about it. Again, I'm not saying me and you, we're sick. I'm sick of talking about it. I just can't believe that we're still talking about this. Um, And it's going to continue until it doesn't. Uh, it'll be it'll be fascinating to see how it all plays out, but I, I think I think once the competition starts this week, it'll stop for the most part. It has in the past uh, at the other major championships during this run of live golf. Uh, that's what's been the case the last two or three major championships. So hopefully that is the case here this week. It's just amazing uh, how much live dominates the conversation in this sport so this is a question worth asking and don't know if you know the answer greg norman's in the united states of america because he tried to lobby congress the other day and with greatly mixed results it's not that hard to get from washington dc to charlotte north carolina has he been cited is he expected have people said to him please don't come here oh no no he's not coming here He's a three-time captain of the international. Right. Um, you know, he, he's one of the guys who helped build the President's yes. Cup for the PGA Tour. Um, he's not coming here. He's not showing up here this week. He and the he and the PGA Tour, Tony, don't get along very well. So I, I can't imagine him just walking down the street. Well, just as a, you know, as a sort of a guerrilla action, you know, yes. that's and and, it, and I wouldn't put it past him to do it. Um, because that's that's Greg's style, but no, he's he's not going to do that. Okay. Ev- right. Evidently, the, evidently, his time in Congress went was a little up and down. Yeah, um, yes, it was. It, it, it didn't, didn't sound like it was the smoothest trip. No, uh, no. anybody's ever run through Congress, if there is such a thing. Um, who are our if if we have any new guys on this team? Who are our new guys? I assume we are expected to be dominant as we have been in recent competitions. A massive favorite. Um, yeah. As big a favor as you can be in golf uh, is what the United States here. I mean, look, you've got Justin Thomas and Jordan Speed, Xander Shoffley uh, and Patrick Cantley, uh, new guys like uh, Scotty Scheffler, who's the number one player in the world and a major champion, and he's playing in this event for the first time. Um, that's how deep the American team is. Scotty Scheffler's brand new, and he's the number one player in the world. Right. Uh, and he's the current Masters champion. Um 
you know, Cameron Young is a great young player. Uh, Billy Horschel is playing in a team event for the United States as a professional for the very first time. Um, there's, there's a Sam Burns um, is a tremendous young player. I mean, a great, great young player with three wins um, this season, and he is uh, brand new to this foray. So it'll be look if the Americans play well, Tony. If they play at all, this thing probably is going to be a blowout. But it's match play. It's not stroke play. Uh, it's only 18-hole match play. Um, you can't go beyond. You, you get a half point if you tie after 18 holes. Um, and match play is so different because the other 12 guys on the international side, those guys can really play. The World Golf ranking doesn't match up to the Americans. Uh, their stature doesn't match up to the Americans. The experience certainly doesn't match up to the Americans. Uh, and all signs point to a blowout. But this is sports, and it's match play in golf not stroke plays. You don't have four days to get this done. Right, right, right. It's a four-day competition, but it's only a one-day match for all of these teams uh, that are going to be playing against each other. So you never know what's going to happen. This could be Villanova, Georgetown. Uh, you, you never know. Well, enjoy it to the degree that you can, given the fact no, that... It'll be, it'll be fun. Okay, be good. Fun. All right, talk to you soon. Thank you, Steve. All right, Tony, be good. Steve Sands, boys and girls. We will take a break. We will come back with Jason LaConfora. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is music by Jess Jacoy. This is sent to us by Bob McWilliams, who for many years has been involved with Kansas Public Radio. And he writes, It's been so great to hear my old friends Lucy Koplansky and Ellis Paul, each of whom I presented multiple times in concert on the show. Thanks, Michael Granberry. I've been fortunate enough to program and host music shows on Kansas Public Radio in Lawrence, Kansas, for many years, both jazz show and a show I created called Trail Mix with Americana, folk, singer-songwriters, bluegrass, and beyond. One of the biggest thrills I get in my work is hearing wonderful young, unknown artists making music that I can share on KPR and now with you. Here are two songs by Jess Jacoy, who grew up in Washington State and moved to Nashville a few years ago. Glide Magazine said of her 2020 debut album, Such a Long Way, Such a Long Way showcases a thoroughly literate young songwriter finding her voice and staking her claim with equal parts grit, grace, and gravitas. In an Americana music community brimming with talent, Such a Long Way is an impressive effort for someone who just only a couple of years ago committed to pursuing music full-time after a lifetime of dreaming that dream. This is Jess Jacoy. Um, The first song is called Hope, and it plays in Jason Locke and Flora, and based on all the things that we talk about, I wonder what restaurant Jess Jacoy is working in in Nashville <laughs> as she tries to become a big star. Jason's with us, and Jason, uh, I don't, I don't think, given where you live and what you do, I don't think there's any first question out there this week <laughs> other than Baltimore's defense. Oh boy, how could that happen? It's it's pretty remarkable, stunning. Um, 
ridiculous. Uh, There's so many adjectives that could apply. Um, It's not out of character because that's who they were last year. Um, You know, they have a a staggering combination of zero pass rush, um, not enough blue chip players who who really um, affect the game and and do so in a closeout manner where that used to be, you know, their hallmark. And then the, the, these these tackling and coverage mishaps, these miscommunications um, that occurred with utter regularity a year ago to the point where someone who the, the Ravens internally were, were pushing for every head coach opening possible not that long ago because they thought that much of the guy and what he did and and the kind of coach he was, Wink Martindale, he got pushed out. He, yeah. he yeah. like that. It got so bad that they did that, and they went in the opposite direction, and they found someone who was not boisterous at all, someone who was young and 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 conservative rather than Wink, older, stuck in his ways. He's going to blitz you from the first down to the last. They went the complete opposite direction um, and brought Mike McDonald back to the fold, and he had gone, you know, to Michigan for a year to be with the other Harbaugh, and somehow the the, the same stuff happened. Um, the, their drafts have not been very good, Tony, um, the last few years. They just haven't, and they've reached a point where the lack of, of draft acumen and free agency acumen has put them in a position where rookies need to be impactful right away, especially on that side of the ball. They're, they're probably going to have to play right away, they're going to have to play in critical spots like, you know, Kyle Hamilton, a, a safety who's going to have to do things in coverage, who's going to have to be able to help hold it down on the back end. And people like uh, Adafi Owe, who, who have to be, like, have to be a pass-rushing thing week in, week out. They don't have to get sacks every week. They've got to get pressures. They've got to get hits. They've got to be a factor in the game. And they have three first-round picks on that defense from the last three years. Kyle Hamilton, a safety who was who blew coverage on both those bombs. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick Queen, a linebacker uh, who, it, to this point, has massive issues in coverage um, and has not been anything close to being impactful in a positive way week in, week out. And Owe, who has played 96 snaps this year where the other team throws the ball, and has yet to hit a quarterback. So there's a lot going on, um, not much of it good, but they have more resources in their secondary than any team in the league. They have over 20% of their cap in their secondary, number one. They haven't put much money in the linebacking court. They haven't put much money in the defensive line. That secondary has to be elite, has to be spotless, has to be the strength of the team week in, week out. Or this whole thing crumbles, even on a day where Lamar Jackson does two or three things that have never happened in the history of the game. It's still not enough because that defense is still that broken. Can they fix it on the fly? I don't know. I've been saying all summer long, don't look at what they do on the road. Look at what they do at home. Miami comes here. Buffalo comes here. Cincinnati comes here. They haven't been good against legit quarterbacks for a long, long time. It's and interesting. They're 0 1 with a bullet right now, bro. No, you're right. But at least 
They have Lamar Jackson. Oh, my God. They have Lamar Jackson, who led the league last week in rushing, and he's a quarterback. I'll go to two teams that don't have Lamar Jackson. Tennessee and Indianapolis. Mm. They feel like a disaster movie, right? Yes. Somehow that division looks worse than it did when Blake Bortles was leading teams to running away with that division. Yeah. Like, it, it's a gong show. Um, <laughs> I'm working on some stuff for this weekend for the Washington Post and kind of asking around about these teams. Um, I've had people sort of whispering to me for a while that, hey, they, 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 that Matt Ryan signing like in Indianapolis, they, they may have gotten another quarterback a year or two too late yeah. again. Yeah. Like, you know, people who watched Atlanta pretty closely last year, like, you know, uh, they may have swung and missed at quarterback again. And, and, and I think Derrick Henry is someone who has probably hit the wall and hit it pretty hard because he was ridden so hard for so long, not just in the regular season, but playoffs as well. And they extended the season, right, and added a regular season game during all this while he's carrying this remarkable load at a position where the wear and tear, once it hits, it, it tends to manifest itself in a significant way. And, and he just doesn't, doesn't look the same. And that whole play-action thing, you know, the offensive line's not as good um, as it was a couple years ago. They don't have some of the tight ends and, and receivers who could win for them in, in, in difficult matchups as before and just steal a 50-50 ball. Um, they can't really run the ball. And I think it's, it's leading to Tannehill making some mistakes that where he looks frustrated. He, he doesn't look locked in. Um, and I, I don't know that any of the, like those two, like, I don't know that Matt Ryan is all of a sudden going to snap out of this and be the guy no. he was three years He's ago. And, and I have real trepidation about the, the Titans' offense being able to do much of anything this year. You know, Houston sticks around every week. It's, it's not pretty, but, like, you know, if, if you're riding Houston and taking the points and taking the under, it's at least worth watching. Um, Jacksonville, I don't know, Tony Jack. Maybe Jacksonville is the best team in that division. It is. It is really bad, and I'll take it a step further. And I was as guilty of this as anybody. The idea that the that the AFC was going to be this power conference, the likes of which we haven't seen before. Well, yeah, me too. I like, felt that I, way. I, yeah. No one in the AFC North has shown me much of anything. It's certainly not as a complete ball club. You know, you got a couple teams that have looked good in the East, but that's it. Um, you got the Chiefs are still the Chiefs, but I don't know that I'm totally buying anybody else out there, including the Chargers, who have been the second best team. But Herbert's on the injury report already with ribs. Like that's that's a big deal. Um, and we just said somehow the South might be worse than it's ever been. So uh, we may need to slow our roll on that. It looks like Kansas City and Buffalo are who we thought they that's, were. But yes, it feels like that. I don't like know that. about the middle class in that conference. No, though. it feels like we should just let Kansas City and Buffalo play every week. <laughs> And and then the the winner on the last week goes to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That would be wild. Are you surprised that Mike Evans was actually suspended for a game? No, not because of the backdrop with this one and the the you know this has been a lingering feud that has been well documented and well chronicled and well known to everybody over there on Park Avenue and NFL football operations for a while, and there have been so many warnings and so many letters and so many fines and so many Zooms over the years trying to 
you know, curtail this, and they're playing early in the year, and everybody's been warned again, and then it, 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 you know, it mars the game, and it spills over in the sidelines, and we're now on, well, what was Bruce Arians' role, and all, like, it's just, it's all a bit much. Um, so no, I'm I, I'm I'm not surprised that. I mean, we've seen a lot of guys get suspended, and then all of a sudden it gets reduced to right. you know what I mean, a yeah. huge fine or whatever. Yeah. This, in this case, I would have been really surprised if James Thrash or anybody um, over there who who oh, you know who hears these cases, if if anybody would have been inclined to okay. say, um, yeah, we're going to cut you some slack here. But you know, that's another game where. <laughs> I know it's all about the goats, and it's Brady against Rodgers. But if you really look at what's going on with those two teams, that's another one where I don't. I think it's going to be run the ball and play defense. I think it's going to be let's just try to survive this thing. And I don't. I don't know that either of those guys are going to light it up. I don't know that that's the sort of you know all guns out, uh, you know, gunslinger battle that we're used to. You know, Brady versus Rodgers, like conjuring images of i i just don't know that those two teams are there right now i agree with that by the way and and i will i'll get you out of here on this there are two teams that you say to yourself yeah the giants are two and oh but they probably can't be real mm-hmm. miami's two and oh but they get buffalo so you'll you know you wait and see how that yeah. goes so then you go to philadelphia what is your evaluation so far of Philadelphia? Can they be a good team right now? Yeah, I think they are a good team right now. I mean, that, that's a team that I thought there was some value in um, throughout the summer in backing to win that division and, and maybe even backing to, to come out of that conference. Um, you know, my, I had concerns about their D-line. There were some things in their front seven week one where I'm like, I'm really surprised that the Lions did that to them, especially with some injuries on the offensive line. But, like, the, we're sitting here through two weeks, and the Lions are, as a team, running the ball for almost seven and a half. Yes, yards they are. Carry. They're scoring. And they're, they're road-grading people with backups. And so, like, they they might be onto a little something-something there. Um, I, I, I think the Chief, no, I'm sorry, the, Chief, the, the Eagles roster um, is, is strong, and they've addressed their deficiencies in the past. They've turned the secondary from a uh, the, the, the sort of the Achilles of the team to an absolute strength. Their ability um, to have Darius Slay do what he did to Jefferson, which I didn't think was possible, um, it's pretty special. And the quarterback keeps getting better, and they have built around him. It's a very good offensive line. They can run the ball in a multitude of ways, and – I think the quarterback's confidence is is growing by the week, and I think he and and the the coach and the play callers in a is is, is, is they're in a good place. So yeah, and, and the division isn't great. So I I look, I, are they going to lose? They're not going seventeen and zero. They're not a perfect team. I'm sure there'll be a point in time six weeks from now where you know people are calling sports talk shows up there and what the hell happened. But no, I I think it's it's a very solid operation and. I, I thought they'd win that division. I've seen nothing through two weeks to, to deter me from that. Okay. Plug your radio for us, Jason. Thank you, sir. You can listen to me um, do more of this yapping from 2 to 6 every day on 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. You could listen anywhere, um, at least anywhere, I guess, in North America, they tell me, 
on the Odyssey app or stream at www.1057thefan.com. Um, and you can check me out twice a week in the Washington yes, Post as stories well, are great. writing about the NFL. Stories are great. Thank you. Jason Lockenford. Thanks, brother. Talk to you next week. Thank you. Nobody, not only is nobody better than him, nobody is as good as him. They're not. Uh, we will take a break. We will come back, hopefully, with James Carville and Jeff Ma in that order. or That's the order, yes, we just, in theory. We just, we just don't know. We just don't know. <laughs> I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Jess Jacoy. This was sent to us by Bob McWilliams. This is a song called Jericho Walls, I believe. Is that what it's called? That is correct, yes. And she can sing. She's <laughs> just lovely. I mean, she can sing. Yeah. No, I can't sing. <laughs> no, she no can, can sing. I. Michael, if people like Jess Jacoy who are trying to make it want to send us their original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonykornizershow.com. It is my great pleasure to tell people that James Carville is with us. We haven't talked so far this year, and I miss James Carville. Um, I need to. I assume that we haven't talked because T. Boy Lachelet is out of the country, and you had no picks, <laughs> or were you out of the well, country? Uh, well, I was out of the country. So T. Boy, he, he he likes to get his algorithm tested the first couple of weeks. So now he's up and running and ready to go. You know. Okay. So that, a very sensitive machine he has down there. Yeah. You know? So I was going <laughs> through. I was going through books the other day. I was rearranging books, and I found a copy of All's Fair, which you and Mary wrote together over 20 years ago. Am I right? Over yeah, 20? That's well, 30 years ago. Okay. Almost, close to 30. Yeah. What I didn't know was this, that the writer who helped you with it was Peter Nobler. That's Peter right, Nobler, right. I've known him for 50 years. Peter Nobler well, he used to... Guy. Yes. He gave, he <laughs> gave me assignments when he was... The guy at Crawdaddy, are you still close? Do you talk with Peter at all? I talked to him. I did a, uh, his son graduated from some, you know, big multi-high school, a field school or something like that. And I spoke at the graduation for him, but that's some time ago. But uh, I, I didn't talk to Peter in a while. He's a good guy. He did a great job for us. His son just won a Grammy Award for producing an album. His son's in the music business. I think his name is Daniel. I think it's Daniel. Okay. I don't know. That's a, I, I did. Maybe he was the one that graduated from yeah. that school. It was a huge private school. Right. So, so college campus. Peter Nobler also did Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's book, Giant Steps. I did, I, I, I did, I did, I did that also. Yeah. And he might have done a larger one. I can't remember. He's really good. Anyway, that was it was yeah. I saw it and I went, "Wow, Peter Nobler, I didn't realize that." What do you got for us? Give us some games. Uh, I, I, uh, Clemson goes to Wake Forest. And this sounds ridiculous, but take the 7 points in Wake Forest. Okay. You don't like Clemson? You don't like them? I, 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 Wake Forest has got a really really good coach. They won a lot of games last year. Clemson just that just, they seem to be a little off here lately. 
I don't know. Okay. Just, okay. Just something to ask. And you got uh, Florida goes to Tennessee. And the game's like 10 and a half points. Yeah, we go to 10 and a half. Yeah. I mean, I don't get that. I mean, it's a trap bet. It's a soccer bet. I'm walking right into it. Take Florida. Take Florida minus I mean, I, ten and a half. No, plus plus ten and a half. Yeah, Tennessee giving ten Wait, and a half. Wait, what? Half. Yeah, Tennessee. Florida <laughs> is it's, what? It's, again, it, it it's just it's a trap bet, and I'm, I'm knowingly walking into the trap. Okay. I know it's a trap bet. I know they want me to, to bet on Florida, but I I, I can't pass it up. Okay. No. And then uh, the Arkansas A&M game in Jerry's World. Yeah, uh-huh. we got Texas A&M giving one and a half. Does that look right to you? I, 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 I take Arkansas at two, for sure. Arkansas has been very good this year. They have. They've been, They've very, been good. very good. Yeah, very good. I, I just don't get to Florida. I'm sure somebody got hurt. I, but Billy Napier, the coach at Florida, he was at Louisiana, Lafayette, you know, whatever they call it now. He's, he's a hell of a coach, I'm going to tell you. Are you are you okay with Brian Kelly and the start they've had? Are you okay? Do you, are you... Ooh, am I okay? Static. Okay. I mean, look, against Mississippi State, we, we started two freshman offensive tackles. We had 39 scholarship players in January. He had to get 15 people through the portal transfer to put a team together. Right. And before the end of the year, they, you know, we're not – we're obviously not going to be an elite school this year, but we'll be for sure an elite school. He's a winningest coach in Notre Dame history. Yes, yes. I mean, look at his record and what he's done. People just marvel at you know how teams come together. He, he didn't have much. If we played Florida State ten times, we'd be the mate. Okay. All right. And, okay. And Mississippi State is 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 not is is an above average SEC football team this year. What are you got? You got any other games for us? Or are you going to stay with these three? Well, I kind of uh, the, the Bills and the Dolphins. Yeah, and the Bills are, are, are laying five and a half in Miami. Yes, I've got it at six. I've got it at take, six now. Would the, you take the Dolphins? Take the Dolphins. Take the Dolphins. And. Uh, Who's San Francisco playing? San Francisco plays Denver, and the line yesterday was San Francisco minus one and a half. I'd take San Francisco there. I would, too. I think San Francisco might be better than people think. I think Garoppolo, is, it, it's a very comfortable re-entry. I, I think they're going to be fine. All right, so we got five games from you. Is that good? Right. All right. If James Winston did anything, the Saints would be all right. But it wasn't, it wasn't very good last week. Yeah, but he likes to throw a lot of picks late in the game. Doesn't help you. <laughs> all right. All right. James Carville, boys and girls, best at home. You never know, right? You never know with James. You never know actually what he's saying half the time. Um, my problem with taking the Dolphins and it is that a lot of people are going to confuse the fact that the Dolphins always beat Tom Brady in Miami with the fact that they think they are now going to beat Josh Allen. Josh Allen's last three games in Miami, he's 3-0. and He has nine touchdown passes and one interception. And Buffalo has outscored Miami in those three games 103-48. to So I don't think Buffalo falls under the same umbrella as... 
you know, as as New England did in that circumstance. So we're efforting to get. We have Jeff Ma. We have Jeff now. All right, Jeff Ma joins us now. Jeff was two and three last week. Jeff went down the drain on Monday night, as I would have as well with Minnesota. I will never bet on Kirk Cousins again. Never, never. Because when the spotlight is the brightest, he stinks. <laughs> Not going to bet on him. I have a lot of questions for you. Are you ready? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So first of all, Pablo told me yesterday you were hanging out. You had dinner with Pablo in New York. What night was that and where did you go? Uh, that was Monday night and we had dinner at Sambar by your studios in uh, in uh-huh. New York, by the Southport, South Street Seaport or whatever. Yeah. It was good. A wonderful, wonderful place. It's a Dave Chang restaurant. Okay. Sort of like a Korean barbecue, fancy Korean barbecue place. And it was it was delicious. Okay. I didn't know that you knew Pablo. That was a jolt for me. No, Pablo and I are buddies. You know, we're, we say we're like your two adopted uh, <laughs> Asian, you know, Asian sons or whatever. <laughs> That's good. Oh, another one. This comes from Michael. Where is Rufus on the President's Cup? Is he, is he taking any action on this? Does he think that, that there's a way that you can bet the international squad and make any money even though they're going to get crushed? I don't think he's betting on the international on the President's Cup because I don't think he actually knows how to model a lot of this team stuff like this. But I may be wrong. We did a podcast last night, which was all sort of NFL and college, and we didn't really talk any President's Cup. So my guess is he's not doing too much. Okay, Catan. What is Catan? <laughs> Catan is a wonderful German board game. Uh, it has many different versions. There's the first original pack. Then there's something called Seafarers. Uh, there's there's some other versions of it. And I play it almost every day online. I uh, try to keep my mind sharp. Uh, I play it on an iPad against random people from all over the world. <laughs> and I think it's definitely fitting of being in the Hall of Fame. But, I, I mean, I, I play it with my wife. I play it with friends. Um, it, it, you know, originally it was just a board game, but now that – you can play it online on an iPad. It, it's one of the problems with the game is it's so incredibly difficult to set up because the board is like has all these different pieces and there's all these different ways you can set it up and you, you actually need a map and instructions just to set it up even if you've played a lot. So now that you have it on an iPad, they do all that for you. But it's a, it's a great game. Catan, oh, it's pronounced Catan. I, I we say Catan, yeah. Okay, okay, good. All right, all right, let's go. Let's do some games here. What do you got? I'm going to take the Rams minus the three and a half over Arizona. Um, I, you know, think Arizona defensively is pretty weak. And, you know, they don't pull that game off last week, you know, like a horseshoe or whatever. This this line's much higher. Um, Rams are still obviously one of the top teams in the NFL, I think. um, And I just like them minus three and a half here. I always got, got worried last week when the Rams let that Atlanta back in the game. You know, got a little bit worried about that. But I agree yeah, with I, you on Arizona. I agree. I, I think it's worrisome. But, again, I think this is a little bit more of a bet against Arizona, which, you know, again, defensively is, is, is very bad. And, and I don't know exactly how the Raiders let them win that game. But, um, I mean, Kyler is great. And the stuff that Kyler is able to do is great. But if you can get any kind of a pass rush on them, it's much much different story. Okay. What else? I'm going to take the Cowboys. What, what do you guys have that line at? The Cowboys. I thought it was two and a half. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I'll take the Cowboys plus the two and a half um, over the Giants. I this line opened at three. Um, I had the Cowboys last week against 
since he, because of the fact that it was sort of an overreaction at the quarterback spot. I mean, this is really a case of the Giants being probably the worst 2-0 team we've seen in a long time. Um, they, they're, you know, they, they have won two games. Um, they have looked reasonable in them, but they have, um, the, their stats or underlying stats are definitely much worse than what the scores and the results would indicate. It's actually New York minus one now. Does that impact anything? Now Dallas goes from two and a half plus to yeah. one plus. Would yeah. you take it still? Yeah, I will still take. I mean, I, I, again, like this, I bet this personally early because I did believe the line would go down. Right. Um, the cup, but yeah, I'll, I'll still take the Cowboys. I think we'll, we'll give you two and there. a half. Yeah. because we gave Chuck Todd two and a half. We'll give it to you. I'm just telling you. All right. Yeah, like I'll, I'll take the two and a half. Of course sure. you will. You bet. You're going to you. give him that. I'll take it. Yeah. Go ahead. What else? I'm going to take San Francisco minus the one over Denver. I think, I think this Denver team is going to struggle this year. I think the, you know, we talked a little bit about the coaching. It's not obviously just the decision making, but the coordinators and whatnot. They, they went from, you know, Fangio, who was an incredible defensive mind, and you're seeing this, you know, defense not be quite as good. I, I think Russ is a little bit overrated at this point in his career. I think the move from, Lance to Garoppolo, at least for this year, is probably good for San Francisco. Um, and so I like San Francisco minus the one here. Okay. I'm going to take Tennessee Ooh. plus one and a half over the Raiders. Um, I worry, obviously, about Tennessee this year. It does look like they're not quite as good as they were last year and may struggle. But, um, again, just like, like them – in a bounce-back situation here um, against this Raiders team. So we, we talked before you came on the show, we were talking with Jason Lockenfora about this, and he, he thinks Derrick Henry is physically done. He thinks all those years of all those carries and extended seasons into the playoffs, you know, 25 yards and 13 carries last week is terrible, absolutely terrible. But you think there's a bounce-back in that team this week? Yeah, I mean, the Derrick Henry thing is real. Obviously, the, this, there's a lot of evidence that when running backs get as many carries as he's had over the last few years, that they, they do just kind of hit a wall. There's you know guys like in the past that have been in this situation, and, and it, it almost always seems to happen. It's, it's, it's well known. Um, but, you know, again, this is less about Derrick Henry bounce back and more just about the team. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I, I certainly agree that there's a worry that Derrick Henry may be done. Okay. What else? I'm going to take the Lions plus the six over Minnesota. I, I think, you know, again, this, this could be one of those times where Kirk Cousins bounce back because no one's paying attention and no one expects anything of him. And we get one of those, you like that comments from him when he comes back with four yeah. touchdowns against the. Uh, but, you know, the Lions' offense is, is humming along. Uh, it's playing pretty well. Um, they've, they've shown out pretty well, well for the first two games. I certainly. That first game against Philly looks um, pretty impressive, given how good Philly looked, uh, and that defense looked on Monday night. So, um, but getting six points here against a Minnesota team, which I think is still trying to find itself, whether it can be an elite NFC team, um, I like the Lions here. All right, I, I, those are the games you pick. I just want to ask you this one question: Would you stay away from the Tampa Bay Green Bay game? because of the injuries and the suspensions to the receivers that they had to go out and get uh, Cole Beasley, I think, just for the week? I mean, is that yeah. a game you'd stay away from, or would you bet Green Bay? Well, so 
my numbers actually like Tampa there. Really? Right. And 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 the the challenge is exactly what you said. When when you have injuries, often one or two injuries, the market tends to overreact to them. So you can see some value in this case. You might see some value in Tampa. The problem is you have what we call cluster injuries or cluster suspensions, as you mentioned. So many of these injuries or so many of these people out at a position like wide receiver, which we know that Brady needs to work with these guys. Yes. He needs time with them. He's, he's very – I mean, he looked very ornery last week yes. in terms of his receivers, that, and now he's going to get – you know, a, a new guy and a system, and you know, Cole Beasley probably will suit up this week. It's it's crazy to think about. So, um, yeah, I, I personally am staying away from it. I mean, they, those two teams have a ton of uncertainty around them. I I generally don't feel like I feel like Tampa is is an older team. So, with an older team with injuries, there's just a lot of potential like regression that could be happening with them this year. So uh, I'm wary of them. And then I do think Green Bay is also kind of a wild card of the team right now. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I would stay away from the game. Thank you, Jeff. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, Tony. Jeff Ma, boys and girls. We'll take a break. We have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony's mailbag, going to read some faxes and your notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag, going to read some for all your folks. Going to read some for all your folks. Brilliant. Tom Mosser. Totally brilliant. Yes. Love when he says going. Love when he says going. Uh, you want to do the Bethesda Bagel? It's amazing there, breath control. Yeah. I know, it really was, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, that's Bethesda Bagels. Uh, we love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you'll be thrilled. That's it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, I just want to say we got to get out of this place. If it's the last thing we ever do, we got to get out of this place. Girl, is a better life for me and you. There is uh, no one near my age and you got to be old for this, but when that song uh, by the Animals, as sung lead by Eric Burden, when that song was out, it was played at every dorm function in every college in America, and everybody screamed, we got to get out of this place. <laughs> everybody. It's amazing. Thanks to our guests today, Steve Sands, Jason Lockenfora, James Carville, Jeff Ma. Thanks to our sponsor, Freshly. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. All right, from Dan Navin or Navin, I'm not sure. Ask Greg Garcia when the next season of Sprung is coming out. Right, left, right, left, down 12 stairs. Right, left, right, left, right, left, down 12 more stairs. Do we know? Uh, I don't know. I, mean, but I don't just, think he's filmed anything. No, I don't think he has. The, the first season just ended, and 
it was just brilliant. I mean, I know I'm partial to Greg. Of we course, all are. We all but are. But man, it was great. Really was terrific. From Kevin in Phoenix and Morgan in Orange County, last year you were kind enough to name our fantasy football team Chessie's Girl, the official fantasy football <laughs> team of the Tony Kornheiser Show. Unfortunately, we finished seventh and only six teams make the playoffs. We apologize for our Snyder level of management. Like the Washington football team, we're back this year with a new name. In keeping with our tradition, we chose something from your show as our name, and this year we're going with Live and Let Live. We hope we can again be the official team of the show. We also hope to make the playoffs because in our league, how you finish matters unlike the Live Tour. Uh, from Brian in San Antonio, I'm writing on behalf of everyone who has written a brilliant email only to have it discarded by your staff. I don't have a staff. It's Nigel. Not a staff. I think there's like a lot of people. You think it's the Lebetard show? No. Will screaming representative into my email machine help get my email through? Thank you. Representative. Um, from Robert Lowe. So, so many games. Left front pocket keys, right front pocket phone, right back pocket wallet. Six permanent addresses in three states. All in the AFC North, Pennsylvania, <coughs> Maryland, and Ohio. A Whopper meal in North Royalton is 1127 on DoorDash. I had to look on DoorDash as I don't go to Burger King. I think Burger King's on the lower half of the fast food pyramid. If you have to get fast food, spend your money on Tim Hortons or Culver's. Trust me on that. Isn't Tim Hortons just in Canada? Yeah, I don't think we get Isn't that Isn't that here. just in Canada? Isn't yeah. it a coffee shop? You know, I can't invite you to a private country club, but we do have the Sleepy Hollow Golf Course in Brecksville, Ohio, which is one of the best public courses in America. If we're first out, the view... How is that pronounced? Cuyahoga or Cuyahoga? Cuyahoga. Cuyahoga Valley at yes. sunrise is magical. But, Dr. Tony, there are a lot of ravines and sand on this course. Uh, also, we make a wicked good strip steak, corn on the cob, and stuffed jalapenos on the grill. All go well with wine from the Willamette Dammit Valley. No announcements, no weddings, no births, no graduations, bar mitzvah, or first holy communions. And if you're mad about sand, what do you think about cardboard box being in the Toy Hall of Fame? How does a packing device get into the hop? Come on, man. From Rob Lowe, not that Rob Lowe. From Alex Lau in New York City. I was surprised to hear how many shots you've gotten recently. Have the increased prices for Big Macs and Whoppers stopped you from using those foods as your primary defense against disease? Is the $13.72 you pay for them not covered by insurance? What about if you don't get it as a meal? I will hang up and listen. From longtime emailer Tim Cree in Fort Collins, Colorado. While sitting at work on the Colorado State University campus, we just got a text alert of a bear in a tree across the street from the campus, about a city block from the president's office. Can you remind me of the detailed steps that the Tony Kornheiser Division of Wildlife issues to Littles and listeners by dealing with the situation? I'll hang up and listen. Isn't Wilbon, doesn't Wilbon say you have to get big? I think that's one of his you have theories. To go, he, you go up to the bear, which is so insane, yeah. and you get big. Brown bear, brown bear, what do you see? <laughs> I see Wilbon. Yeah, it's over. Staring at me. From Skyler O'Brien in Waco, Texas. After your discovery that Tillamook Jerky and Tillamook Creamery are not, in fact, the same company, I thought I'd chime in. I'm an employee of the Hershey Company, the one that makes chocolate, among other things. It was founded in 1894 in Dauphin County, Pennsylvania, by a man with the last name of Hershey. There's also Hershey Creamery, the one that makes the ice cream. It was founded in 1894 in Dauphin County by a man with the last name Hershey. These two men were not directly related and were not aware of each other's new enterprises. The Creamery crossed the line and made chocolate candies and cocoa in 1919, packaged products to resemble the chocolate brand and named a product resembling Hershey's Kissies 
kisses by the same name. A lawsuit resulted in the creamery not being able to sell or advertise or create any chocolate or cocoa products. Then when Hershey Chocolate partnered with an ice cream manufacturer to make frozen treats, the creamery stepped in and played the same card. There was a lot of legal back and forth, finishing with a mandate that the creamery must put a disclaimer on all products that there is no affiliation with Hershey's Chocolate. Each company must also remain in their respective domains. Hershey Chocolate only licenses the names of their brands for puddings, ice cream, and yogurt. Thanks for always being willing to learn something new and share it with the rest of us. I didn't know that. No. I assumed that Hershey's ice cream, which I've seen for years, was Hershey chocolate. Yeah. I've assumed that. What are the odds that two people would go into the same business (laughs) and would... You know, have the same name from the same area. All I can think about is our our middle school trip to Hershey Park, where a certain teacher left kids at the park. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Everyone found out like hours, hours into the trip. You got to sort of account for all the kids. I think that's one of the... I went to Hershey Park once in my life. They have a nice golf course there. It was the most tattooed place I'd ever seen. <laughs> like, everyone seemed to have a tattoo. I just... But the smell. I didn't... Oh, it, it, it was nauseating. It's all chocolate all the time. And I love chocolate, but after a while... After a while, on. it's too much, yes. From uh, Patrick... Uh, PJ in Chicago, Patrick Fingston. Back right pocket wallet and pocket knife. What are you going out in the woods? <laughs> Back left pocket notebook. Left front pocket phone and earbuds. Right front pocket keys from joe in mount airy pennsylvania so we're playing what's in your pocket now i don't know this has vacation written all over it <laughs> from matthew dockham consider this Appalachian state's application to be the official group of five football program of the tony kornheiser show your kind words about ab state and boone during your interview with chuck culpepper have earned you a round of golf with our own dg athletic director doug gillen at the esteemed boone golf club one of western north carolina's best public courses and at 3,300 feet above sea level, I can assure you no less than five to seven yards of added pop on your driver, which is nice. Perhaps bring along the wine tyrant to conduct some tasting experiments at our world-class fermentation sciences department while you and Chessie toss around the Frisbee on Sanford Mall, the heart of the campus formerly occupied by College Game Day. And tell Michael that for six consecutive years, App State has led the nation in the number of national board-certified teachers. Thanks for the love and many years of entertainment. Go Apps. I didn't know that. Did you know that? I did not. But with the with the shortage that's here now, that's great news. So Boone, North Carolina, I, I'm assuming that's near Asheville. I'm assuming that's in Western North Carolina, near Tennessee, near, oh, near the border. I would yeah. Everybody goes to Asheville. Have you ever heard of Gillen? I've not. Uh, Doug Gillen? No, no. The Boone Golf Club. Have you heard no. of that? Doug Gillen is going to be our host. We're going to go. Uh, Michael Kinslinger. On Monday's show, you mentioned that NYU's athletic nickname is the Violets. Well, it was, you know. As a student there in the 90s, my friends and I tried to come up with a suitable in-game chant, which would strike fear in the hearts of our opponents. Sadly, a small purple flower isn't very intimidating, and we eventually landed on bloom and grow, bloom and grow, go Violets, go. Eventually, they decided to call their athletic teams the Bobcats. Really? which was named after the library filing system and not any actual felines living in Washington Square Park. But at least it's not a flower. When I was young, when I was growing up, they were the Violets. They had a couple of great basketball players like Happy Harrison and Barry Kramer. These guys went to the pros. They were great basketball players. And I didn't have any problem with NYU being the Violets. No, the Violets. I got a problem with the State University of New York deciding to make Stony Brook <laughs> that dump Stony Brook the official school of the State University of New York and the University of New York. I got a problem with that. Sure. But NYU, 
NYU still, by the way, there was a period of time. Michael, do you know anything about this? There was a period of time where an NYU was the single most expensive school to go to in the United States of America. Now, I don't know if that's still true. Why would I have any sense of that? I don't know, because you were in college at the time. Do you think I... Well, you were in college. something there. Uh, <laughs> I thought GW was always at the top of that. Yeah, that's, I was that's high up. up. I was looking yeah, at Boone, North Carolina. It's always is, a big city school. Yeah. It's always a big city private yes. school that's going to be number one. Yeah. What did you look up with Boone? I was looking at Boone to see where it is. It's not, it's not as far out as Asheville. Oh. Yeah. It's but about, it's still about... An, my rep, point of reference would be Roaring Gap, uh, as we sort of go up from Charlotte through Hickory uh, up to that area. Okay. All right. Uh... That's it. That's the show today. <laughs> if you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Stop the hammering. Stop the hammering out there. Who's got a hammer? Where is it? Not sure. Where's the hammer? Is it on the... Go up on the other floor. Somebody go up there and stop the hammering. Stop the hammering. <laughs> Take it easy. I didn't know Ollie came back. <laughs> You're never gonna get to the top of the world If you keep swearing to the gods in the sky You're not really a bird You need the sun to see the shadow When you're walking through the valley of death You'll find a picture in the rubble Of a burned down house Even when there's nothing else left Such a long way, such a long way. This life is gonna pass you by if you're standing on the sidelines. You can look at all your friends living well, wondering when it'll be your time. All the leaves are gonna change, choir's gonna sing, and the ground will freeze over. Bells are gonna ring and you'll start losing parts of yourself you're supposed to keep. Ooh, I didn't know hope could go such a long way, such a long way. Such a long way Such a long way Shrouded in sorrow and I wore sorrow like a fine coat Couldn't bear to take it off leaving raw parts of my soul exposed And I've yet to meet a man who can show me there's something better than a living alone But I keep my eyes open cause I'm getting tired of living alone
Don't let yourself find that sweet 